Welcome to the Chapel Hill Academy podcast, featuring messages from our weekly chapel service. Located in Chanhassen, Minnesota, Chapel Hill Academy offers biblically-based Christian education, junior kindergarten through eighth grade, and holds a passion for Christ and a commitment to provide an education for life. We invite you to learn more about us at chapel-hill.org. All right, guys, so I am so excited to be here. I have never been to Chapel Hill, and this is an awesome place, and I see so many awesome, familiar faces. I always tell people one of the first things, and and I know I have to teach to the next group too, um, but middle school, you guys are my favorite by far. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm going to say to those people. So I'm so glad that I'm here, and it's so awesome to be with you guys. And the heroic faith idea is such an awesome thing, and I love to see so many of you who, who are being recognized as heroes here in this school. Guys, God created you so uniquely. He gave you such, so many gifts that he, he is working to create you into someone that he's going to use. And the things that he's given you already and now, you have an opportunity to use. So we're going to start this morning with this idea of heroic faith. But you have a theme verse. How many of you guys like memorized the entire theme verse that you have this year? Okay, Chapel Hill, we need to work on some of these things, okay? All right, I'm just going to blame it on all of your teachers and not you. Okay, does that sound good? We love them, but come on. Okay. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. I, I, the Bible that I brought, I really don't like the translation of this verse, so I'm going to use the one on my phone here. And I'm going to read it because I'm going to pull out three distinct things. And I know I probably every speaker has done this. So there's three things that I see in these verses, and then we're going to see one thing, and then I'm going to show you where I find that in a story that's pretty unique. All right, so it says, starting in verse 9, and so... From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul's talking to these people, right, the Colossians, and he's saying, I've been praying for you. My prayer is that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. There you go. (laughs) Verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And then here's the three things. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God and being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. I'm going to stop there because those are the things I want you to hear. I want you to hear in verse 10, so so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Number one, bearing fruit. When we are walking in a way that God, God is honored, we are bearing fruit. Number two, We are increasing in our knowledge of God. When we learn more about God, when we understand more about God, it begins to affect the way that we live. All right, this is the same thing. When you start getting older, one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to start to smell funny because, um, like, your armpits and, oh, it's really nasty stuff. And so, like, we learn that and we use deodorant, right? Like, who would have ever thought that? But if we would have never learned about deodorant, we would all stank, all right? And so, our knowledge helps us to act and do differently. All right, and then the third thing, and this is the one I'm going to camp out on this morning, is being strengthened with all power 
according to his glorious might. You see here, the power that Paul is talking about is not a power that you have. Yeah, you know what? It's fun to be strong and all of that fun stuff. It's fun to be able to lift all the weights in the whole world. But let me tell you what, that power is not what Paul's talking about. The power from God's glorious might is actually given to us when we choose to seek after it. So when we go into this Old Testament story, I love this story, but the first thing I have is I want you to turn to a partner, and before, before you do, don't start talking, I want you to talk about what is like the most ordinary animal you can think of. Go. All right, what did you guys say? What did you say? Dog? How many of you said dog? Okay, how many of you said cat? Ugh. Cats are the worst, am I right? How many of you guys are dog people? Yeah! Woo! I'm sorry. I just grew up that way. Okay? Um, I know. Cats are fun and lazy and not as much work, which is great. Um, <laughs> okay. So then I want you to think. This is the next thing I want you to think about, is I want you to talk to your partner. Whatever animal that you have at home, what is the thing that it would want to say to you if it could talk? Talk to your partner. Okay, I want to see hands on this one. I want to see hands on this one. What did you guys say? What would your animal say? Feed me, right? Take me outside. Can you not? So good. Pay me? What would they do with money? Am I right? That's so true. All right. I know. She has two bunnies, and they would probably say, stop picking me up. So you know when you tell your dog to sit? Imagine if your dog tells back to you, no, you sit. Yes, good. I see where you're going with that. I love it. All right, what about over here? I want to see some hands. No, Garrett, what did you say? <laughs> uh, well, I have a dog. Yes. So true, so true. Okay, so she gave her brother as an example of an animal, and he would say, stop beating me up. That is great. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what? Pet me, right? Okay, so I have a dog. His name is Kovi. He is a purebred Siberian husky. He's beautiful. He's awesome. He knows it. Okay, so here's what happens. One of the things he always does is anytime I'm drinking out of a water bottle, or if I'm drinking out of a Gatorade bottle, or if I'm drinking out of a soda bottle, he literally will sit there the whole time staring at me while I'm drinking this. And all he is saying is, finish it, finish it, finish it, finish it. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. He has a weird obsession with bottles, and I don't understand it. And then you give it to him, and then he crunches on it forever, and then he loses under the couch, and then he whines until I go under there, grab it, and I have to go in under all the nasty fur. And it's just a horrible experience all around. So animals, they're thinking, you know, whatever. But in this Bible story that we're going to be going into, we're going to see a very ordinary animal actually speak. And so we're going to go into the story of Balaam and the talking donkey. Now, in Bible times, donkeys were like the most ordinary animal next to like sheep as you could possibly have. Everybody had a donkey. How many of you guys have a car at home? Okay, not your personal car, like your parents have a car. Okay, how many of you guys have like a bike? 
Huh? All right. A donkey was their form of transportation. It was their form of being able to bring things to places. Donkeys were like the most ordinary animal you could possibly imagine during that time. And yet, listen up here, and yet God used him for an extraordinary purpose to further his kingdom. And we're going to see this in this story. So if you do have a Bible, you're welcome to open up. We're going to go into Numbers 22. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to listen closely or look on with a partner, all right? Numbers 22. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 21. I'm going to give you all a second to get there. Once you get there, I want you to pause and look at me. Numbers 22. Oh, gosh, you guys are so fast. That is awesome. All right, Numbers 22. I want you to look at me once you get there. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of context here, okay? This is really important. We have four characters that are going to be talked about in this place. First character, God, right? We always need some God. That's great. Awesome. Love that. Number two is Balaam. Everyone say Balaam. Everyone say Balaam. Balaam. All right, Balaam is this, like, spiritual, like, kind of a, a prophetic, um, supernatural kind of guy. What he does is all of the nations in this region, they know Balaam as a guy who can come and, like, tell them about their dreams, who can come prophesy, and in this specific story, who can curse or bless certain people, and those things actually happen, all right? But also Balaam, although he's kind of a weird, like, supernatural, spiritual realm kind of guy, he also has this understanding of who the God of Israel is, and he has this communication that he starts to have as well. So, so we really don't know, does he really understand God of Israel? Does he really understand what that means, or is he kind of like, we don't know. But what we do know is God is going to use him in this story. So we have God, we have Balaam, then we have, we have Balak, right? What is the king's name? Come on, we know. Balak. All right, everyone say Balak. Balak is the king of Moab. And at this time, what we have going on is the Israelites, they are beginning to move in to the promised land. Everyone remember the stories of the promised land? We're moving into the promised land, and what's happening is Israel needs to fight their way in. Do you remember in the story that, that there's like all of these people that are huge and they're amazing and they're really scared of what's happening? All right, so what they're doing, the Israelites are moving into this land with all of these different people groups that they need to fight. So they just got done defeating a nation, and they are now camping out right next to the Moabites, all right? They're camping out right next to him in a valley. And the king, Balak, he is like, oh, that's a lot of people. I just heard them, like, totally take down that other nation. I don't know how this is going to really play out for us, Right? So he gets a little nervous about this. The fourth character we have is we have the donkey. The donkey is an ordinary creature that, that is going to come up in this story and is going to do something pretty amazing. And God's going to use an ordinary thing to do an extraordinary purpose to further his kingdom. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start reading in verse 21. At this time, the king says, Balaam, 
I want you to go out and curse the Israelite people. But God tells Balaam, don't do that. Those are my chosen people, and I have blessed them. So Balaam says, Balak, no, I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. God told me I can't do that. He, Balak keeps saying, I'm going to give you everything you can imagine. Whatever you want, just ask me. Just go curse those people. God says, no, don't. Comes back to him again, says, Balaam, will you please do this for me? Balaam's thinking, oh gosh, I can get whatever I want. God gives him permission to go and to do whatever it is that he's going to do. God says, go. I want you to go with those men. But God has a purpose for it. But also God's like pretty frustrated with Balaam. Here's why. Because Balaam's listening to him, but Balaam has a really selfish desire because he doesn't want to do it for God. He wants to do it for himself. He wants something out of this deal. All right, so God gets a little frustrated with him. But we're going to continue reading in verse 21. It says, so the next morning Balaam got up. He saddled his donkey and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand into the road and block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road. So the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field. But Balaam beat him and turn, well, Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Okay, this was in the day that we didn't have PETA yet, all right? So we did not have all of these animal rights rules, which I'm glad that we do have a lot of those. But at this time, we need to understand this is a different time, a different period. So he had to get the donkey back onto the road, right? So, so the donkey runs off the road because, I mean, if you saw an angel of the Lord with a sword drawn, like ready to attack you, I don't know if you'd stay standing there, right? Yeah? Okay, are we awake? I hope so. Okay, everyone put your hands in there, go like this. Everybody, come on, come on, both hands. I can't do it with both hands because I have a Bible, obviously. Okay, come on. Okay, I want you to look here. We are awake. All right, we are going to start in verse 24. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by because he has two walls on both sides, right? So if the angel is right here, he's got to figure out how to squeeze by this angel because Balaam already beat him once. He doesn't want that again, so he wants to keep going. What happened as he was squeezing by, he crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Right? So Balaam's foot would be hanging by the donkey's side, and if the donkey went against the wall, it would have crushed his foot. All right. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in the place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. It literally, Balaam's just sitting on it. They're going, and it lays down underneath him. And he's like, what in the world is going on with this stupid donkey? Am I right? Like, that would be the worst. Then the Lord, in a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? The donkey asks Balaam. 
You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? And the angel of the Lord demanded, Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I tell you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, this is important. What we see happen is through what the donkey did and through the voice of the donkey, the ordinary donkey that spoke extraordinarily changed, changed what Balaam had to say and was going to do. Balaam replied, look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Guys, this story gives us a pretty amazing picture of the way God uses ordinary things to do extraordinary things to further his kingdom. First, we see a donkey, the most ordinary of animals, and Balaam's thinking, I have the dumbest donkey in the world because he, he just crushed my foot. He's probably got a broken ankle. Um, and then as soon as, at one point, he just lays down on the ground when we're trying to get somewhere, and I'm told it's urgent. And remember, Balaam is thinking, oh, I get rewarded for doing this. He's not doing it for God. He's not doing it for God's purpose. He's doing it because he wants that reward that is coming to him. But the angel of the Lord is standing in that way because the angel does not want Balaam to not do God's will. And so the angel, what did, what did the angel say? If the donkey would have kept going, I would have killed you, right? So the donkey, the most ordinary of animals... The donkey saved Balaam's life to do the work of God. And when the angel speaks to Balaam, Balaam realizes, I've sinned. My heart has been so focused on the reward that I would get. My heart has been so focused on the money, on the value, on the things that I want out of this deal that I have forgotten that, God, you could use me and you're going to use me to do your will. And so Balaam changes his heart, and he says in that last verse, he says, I don't have any power to speak. I will only speak what the Lord gives of my mouth. What he does 
is he says, it's not, it's not my power that does your will. It's your power through me that does your will. So if we look back at that verse in Colossians, let's go back to Colossians. What does it say there? Let's start at verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, heroic faith looks like this, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, and thirdly, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Here's the reality. Each and every one of us, we have an opportunity to live this life. Each and every one of us has an opportunity to live every minute of every day in our own power, right? Like you woke up this morning, probably just you brush your teeth, hopefully some of you shower, you put some deodorant, deodorant on, I hope, and you came to school like you do every single day. And maybe you feel a little ordinary sometimes. Sometimes I feel a little ordinary. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm nothing special. Like, I have nothing better than somebody else. And that's a good, that's a good humble approach. But God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary things when we submit to his power and we allow his power to work through us and in us. So in this story, we see a pretty ordinary donkey change a man's heart to do the will of God. And so I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you with this story. I hope that this story was even like something, maybe you've never heard this story before and you were like, man, this is a story in the Old Testament. How weird is that? There are a lot of crazy stories in the Old Testament, but they're all so good and they all point to different purposes and things that God wants. And you know what happens after Balaam goes and says what the Lord does? He gives four different like statements to this king and to all of these people. And he says in all four of those, he says, guess what? You can't stop what God's doing. You can't stop the kingdom of God from coming here. You can't stop the nation of Israel from becoming the largest of nations in this region because God, the God Almighty, is doing an amazing work. An ordinary donkey being used to change a man's heart to do God's will and to further his kingdom. That's pretty amazing. We serve a pretty amazing God. And it's my privilege to be here, to actually tell you that, to hopefully share something new with you, and to hopefully allow your heart to begin to stir around, guess what, it's okay to feel ordinary sometimes. But know that God can use you to do extraordinary things when your power is focused on him. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we do thank you for the opportunity we have to learn from your word that, Lord, through thousands of years and tons of authors, you give us one story of your love for us. Lord, thank you. I pray as we, as we go into our sometimes ordinary lives, Lord, that we would see your extraordinary power working in our hearts. But I thank you that you are a God who desires to use us, that you created us to be used by you. God, thank you. I pray over each student here. 
Lord, that you would bless them, that your face would shine upon them. And Lord, that you would show them the extraordinary way that you want to use them. And in Jesus' name, amen.